Hello, Texans. Welcome to the podcast. We have a good one for you today. We always do, don't we? Dave Logan, voice of the Broncos. Now, before you eye-roll me and say, oh, here's Vandermeer catching up with another one of his play-by-play buddies. And by the way, what is wrong with that, really? But Dave Logan is more than that. He's a former NFL player for the Cleveland Browns in the 70s. And, you know, he was drafted, one of a handful of people in the history of sports, to be drafted by the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA. He was drafted by the Kansas City Kings back in the day. So very interesting guy. We don't get into a lot of that stuff. Someday we will. But he also coaches high school football. He's a head coach of a high school football team and has been for decades while doing the gig as the voice of the Denver Broncos. I don't know how he does it all. He just somehow pulls it off. But we'll talk to him about that. And more importantly, talk to him about the Denver Broncos This week's matchup with the Houston Texans at Mile High. This is the sixth trip all time for the Texans to Denver. Now, there have been some really interesting trips. There was that week three tilt in 2012, one of the best regular season wins when the Texans beat Peyton Manning and the Broncos and Matt Schaub looking good, throwing that touchdown pass to Andre Johnson, Kevin Walter having a big day. Those are my memories off the top of my head. Uh, There was the game in 2018 where Brandon McManus missed that long field goal, part of the Texans' nine-game winning streak at the time, a franchise record. There were also some forgettable outings, like Tim Tebow throwing for over 300 in 2010. By the way, I'm not looking at notes right here. This is just me remembering things about your Texans. The 2019 game here at NRG Stadium, we don't have to remember that right now, do we? No. The Texans also went there in 04. Here are some oddities about this series. The Texans in this series with Denver have beaten quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and Jay Cutler. They've also lost to Trevor Simeon. Drew Locke, I mean, can you believe this? And Tim Tebow, it's just that way. It's kind of a weird deal, but we'll take it and hope for great things on Sunday as the Texans try to stay unbeaten. See how I snuck that in? Anyway, here's my conversation with Dave Logan, voice of the Broncos. Dave, a rough night in Seattle the other night. What did you make of that game? I know everyone's talking about the end of it, but the way it played out in general. Yeah, Mark, good to talk with you. I, th- I think a couple of things um, in calling that game. The Broncos' defense really did not play very well in the first half. I mean, Geno Smith looked like, uh, I don't know, one of the top 12, 15 quarterbacks in the league. Good for him, and uh, but but that's that's not what his career would tell us is the case. But the, the Broncos' defense played very well in the second half. 21 snaps of offense for the Seahawks, 34 net yards. Um, and, I, and I thought the Broncos offense did a lot of good things. I thought they were creative uh, early. They ran the ball efficiently. They spread the ball around. They had seven receivers that had catches. It's been a long time, honestly. You probably have to go back to 2015, Peyton's last year, uh, that I've seen an offense that would move up and down the field with, uh, with a great amount of regularity. Now, the end of the game, obviously, uh, was not good. And, and the fact that they fumbled twice on the Seahawks inside the Seahawks one yard line. That's the first time uh, in 36 seasons in the NFL that a team has done that. And you and I both know if you do that, the chances of you winning are very, very slim. Yeah. Let's talk about the offense a little bit. You mentioned it, Russell Wilson, everyone's talking about him. What about the ground game and the philosophy of Nathaniel Hackett, how he wants to handle things throughout the season on that side of the ball, Dave? Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's a guy that is committed to the run. 
what I like about him, and, and it's early, obviously. I mean, we haven't seen the starters play. They didn't play at all in the preseason. So, uh, and, and I did think the fact that they didn't get any reps in the preseason, to me, was evident a little bit because I thought they were out of sync a little bit on offense. Um, but that's, that's the way they, they decided to, uh, to run the preseason. Um, but he's a guy that wants to run the ball, but he'll run it in creative ways. He'll run it in different personnel packages. They went 12 personnel. Uh, they went 13 personnel. They played 11, um, lots of different formations. And, and I think that helps. It takes a lot of pressure, I think, off the offensive line because it, it forces the defense to first identify uh, the, I mean, who's in the game and then identify in terms of what formation he has a lot of motion in the offense. And so I, I think from a creative standpoint, I, I was impressed with what, uh, Nathaniel Hackett did in game one. All right. Let's talk about Williams and Gordon in the backfield and what they bring to the table, Dave, these guys are going to be tough to stop for the Texans. Yeah. Uh, big, strong backs. Uh, you'd like them to hang on to the ball. I mean, the, the Javante's fumble inside the one was on a play that Russell actually changed the play, and two of the offensive linemen didn't hear the didn't hear the check. Now, you know, you can certainly find some fault in that because that was about as loud a place uh, as I've been in a long, long time. And and you know, you it's hard to check plays from uh, from from a place like that. That said. You still have to hang on to the ball. But both those guys, I thought, ran effectively. Um, both of them are guys that can break tackles. And so, you know, I, I think they feel pretty good. Both guys went over 900 yards each last year. So I think the running game uh, is going to be a point of emphasis for the Broncos uh, coming up this week against the Texans and moving forward. What kind of Russell Wilson do you think you'll be getting for the next couple of years here? It's not exactly very late in his career, but he's played for a while. He's taken a lot of hits. What are you seeing in Russell Wilson in training camp, Dave, and through week one? Well, it's been hard to evaluate him, Mark, to tell you the truth, in training camp because they really haven't uh, they haven't put him in a lot of game-like situations. But I, I thought he was pretty damn good against Seattle. Um, you know, he's 29-42 for 340 yards, a touchdown. He kept plays alive. He extended plays. He's got a real ability to what I call pinball in the pocket, where if he feels edge pressure, he'll step up. Uh, and then when that starts to collapse, he'll bounce back and he buys himself some time. And he extended plays probably three or four times, maybe four or five times in that game. And they all turned out to be big plays. So um, I, I think, I mean, he he gives the Broncos a chance to win every game. And I we haven't been able to say that. I certainly haven't since Peyton Manning left. So if you have one of those guys at quarterback, if you have an elite guy, and I think Wilson still is, then you feel pretty good about your chances each and every week. Dave Logan, voice of the Broncos, joining us on Texans Radio. Okay, the defensive side of the ball, Bradley Chubb, impossible not to notice. You have Randy Gregory. You have a lot of other playmakers on that side of the ball, Dave. What are you seeing overall? Yeah, I think the defense has a chance to be be very good. Now, you, you look back last year, Mark, different staff, obviously, but they were top five scoring defense. They gave up too many yards, um, and, and they weren't very good on third down efficiency. But uh, I, I didn't like the way they played in the first half. I mean, Geno Smith was 17 of 18, uh, and Seattle you know, made a lot of big, big plays. But second half, they – 
they buckled down and I thought played very well. I, I think the key for them is their ability to stop the run, because I think for the first time in the last handful of years, there are good chances that the Broncos will be ahead in the second half or third or fourth quarter, which they weren't, they weren't uh, last year and they weren't actually many times since 2015. So when a team is that you're playing is ahead and they know that you can't score um, they don't tend to drop back and throw the ball, take a lot of chances. So for edge pass rushers, it becomes really frustrating and increasingly difficult to impact the game, to, uh, to force pressure on that quarterback because the ball's coming out or and they're running the football. So I, I think that's going to be a strong part of this defense, a strong part of this team, the defensive side of the ball. All right, everyone's talking about Hackett and the decision late in the game, and I get it. But overall, Dave, when you look at the head coach of the Broncos, what does he bring? I know he brings a lot of offensive knowledge and everything. And, and what are you seeing so far? I know it's only week one, but you've lived with him throughout the offseason. Yeah, I, I see creativity, which um, is important in this league. Now, you have to be efficient. You have to understand what you're doing. But, but we have not seen a lot of creativity here the last handful of years. Uh, we've seen guys just line up uh, in a set formation, try to run the play. Defenses are too good for that. You're seeing a lot of concepts that, that have uh, been successful in college and even in high school to a certain degree. Uh, and you're seeing the Broncos. I, I was impressed in game one with uh, how many different looks they gave the Seattle defense. And they were able to, um, by either formation or movement, uh, do what I call buy an extra hat. They got an extra hat uh, at the point of attack in the running game. Uh, I, I thought, I thought really it was a very, very good game plan. And, and uh, that that's the positive. The negative is uh, that was a game they absolutely should have won. And I think had to win because they're better than Seattle. I, I don't think Seattle is a playoff team. I don't think, I mean, I think they're going to be six and 11 probably at the end of the year. So when you have a chance to win a game like that, I mean, you have to win the game. And the, the reality is they did not. Dave Logan, voice of the Denver Broncos with us on Texans Radio. Okay, you've been through an ownership change. It's early in the new era. But what's that like? What has it been like for you, Dave? Is it any different at all? Well, it's it's been uh, it's actually been kind of exciting. I had a chance to introduce the uh, the new ownership group and uh, that went out and spent about an hour with them before the press conference. And, uh, you know, uh, really smart, seemingly smart people, people that um, have been very successful at a variety of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was cool. Greg Pinner, of course, will be the sort of the voice of the team, he and his wife, Carrie. Um, but, but it was great to meet Dr. Condoleezza Rice and uh, spend a little bit of time with her and Melody Hobson, who has been very, very successful uh, in her career as well. So, I, I mean, I think they, they've said all the right things. They certainly have deep pockets. I think they have an interest in, in doing whatever they can do to make sure this team gets back to relevancy. I mean, this, the, and the Broncos and the Jets are the only two teams since 2015 not to make a playoff appearance. Now, wow. if you're mentioned, as you know, if you're mentioning the same breath as the Jets in basically anything, unless you're comparing your favorite shade of green, that is not a good thing by NFL standards. So uh, I think Broncos fans have high expectations and, and just meeting the owners, I, I would say they share those expectations. 
Boy, that's an interesting stat right there. And a lot of people would not realize that, but time flies, especially since we've all lived to the pandemic and that seemed to accelerate certain things, maybe slowed down time in other things. Dave Logan, voice of the Broncos with us. Dave, we all know Denver, the Broncos are number one in the city, but who's number two among the pro sports franchises, Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, who's number two in Denver? Well, I would say, Mark, now it would be the Avs, especially after winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, they had such a great, great run. Um, I, I think the Nuggets are an exciting team. I think I think people love the Nuggets here. And, and also, I think they feel like the Nuggets uh, are close. You know, two-time MVP, Nicole Jokic, and uh, some, some pretty good supporting pieces as well. But I think right now, if you had to pick one, I would say Avs second, Nuggets third, Rockies fourth. Refresh my memory. You were coaching last time we talked. Are you still coaching high school football, Dave? Yeah, I am. This is, uh, let's see, this is year 33 calling the Bronco games, year 30 as a head high school coach. All right, a head high school coach. So tell me, have there been any conflicts, any times when you had to make that tough choice between Broncos and being the head coach of the high school team? Well, uh, two separate questions. There have been conflicts, but I have never missed uh, a single Broncos game, and I've never missed one of uh, one of my high school games as well. Now there have been uh, there have been a handful of close calls. Uh, we played in the state championship game back in two thousand and one. Uh, missed the only flight that night to get down to Miami. The Broncos played an early game the next day. Had to charter a plane. Uh, way, way expensive. Got in about three o'clock in the morning. There've been some, there've been some uh, situations like that. Uh, and, but, but you know what? I, I, I bet I've missed probably five or six practices in 30 seasons with the team, with the kids. So I've been blessed to be able to do both. I really enjoy both and uh, life is good. Dave, how does being an active high school football coach affect if at all your view of the Broncos and the way you interpret what's going on on the field you, you know what it's it's kind of funny I I think that uh I mean I've always been a football nerd I mean it's just been football has been my life for so long played for a long time and now I've been blessed to be able to stay in the game um and I think what I I, I think how it would affect me most is when I go back and look at the Broncos games look at the all 22 look at some of the concepts they employ and it, it makes sense to me sometimes in terms of what I, what I see them trying to do. So, and then listen, you, you, it's just like any other coach, you steal a couple of things here and there from film. You see, you try to make sure, sure that you can implement that, uh, that high school kids will be able to understand it with your terminology. But um, yeah, I, I, I call in a game. It's just like you, I mean, you're calling what you see, trying to be descriptive, as you possibly can be for people that are unable to see the game. But after the game, when I go home and, and pulling it up on the all 22, I really enjoy just the, the X's and O's and the strategy involved watching those games. Dave Logan, voice of the Broncos with us. Few notes on the AFC West, Dave, and it had to be weird seeing Seattle because that's an old AFC West team, actually right. uh, the team you played Monday night football, but what do you make of the rest of the division? Well, it's a, it's, it's a tough division. I mean, the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs since the first of two matchups back in 2015. Mm. So it's been, you know, you can do the math. I mean, the Chiefs have dominated this this division. And I think 
Um, losing Tyreek Hill and a lot of people saying, okay, that's going to make a big difference. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a great player and he can certainly take the top off the defense. And he's, he's, he's the fastest guy that I've seen in a league full of fast guys. But, you know, Mahomes comes out the first week and throws five touchdown passes. Uh, I, I think Kansas City is going to be very good. I think the Chargers are going to be uh, very difficult as well. So the Broncos, I mean, you, you, that, that's why the Seattle game is so disappointing. You have to win the games you're supposed to win. You don't, you don't right. get games back, right? So I think it's going to be very, very difficult for all four teams in this division. You mentioned that the offense should be clicking almost as well as it did in the Peyton Manning era, that this is the first time you're seeing this kind of prowess on offense. How do the Broncos fans, Bronco Nation, what's the feeling on Tim Tebow and what he was able to do in that magical season with the playoff victory over the Steelers? You know, you see a lot of stuff about that. How is the feeling with the Broncos and Tim Tebow? Well, that that was, I mean, that season, I think, was maybe of my 33 years, that was the most improbable season. I mean, there were games where they were just completely dead in the water. I mean, the game was figuratively over in the fourth quarter. And inexplicably, they would come back and he would make plays and they would win the game. So I, I think Tim Tebow is an immensely, I mean, he's polarizing in one sense because the people that love him, they think he should be playing quarterback in the league. The people that don't love him say he can't throw the ball. What, what are we having this conversation about? So in that regard, he was polarizing. But getting to know him a little bit, doing his show, I mean, just a great young dude that, uh, you know, you'd be happy if your daughter wound up dating him. But I, I'll tell you what, I've never seen a season with so many improbable endings as that 2012 season. Yeah, that was amazing. Incredible to watch. All right. Well, and we both share Gary Kubiak as an alum of the organization, really. And I know right. there are Super Bowls involved with the Broncos, but he is beloved here as well. And I'm sure the feeling remains there in Denver. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Gary will forever, I think, be uh, revered here in Denver. I think people have such immense respect for him. He's he's a football guy. As I was talking about he loves football. He goes about it the right way, treats his players the right way. I'll tell you something about Gary, though. You know, when you talk to him in person, he's kind of a soft-spoken guy. His press conferences, soft-spoken. He's not soft-spoken with players. Right. I can assure you that. I've seen him interact. You have as well with players. And he will uh, he holds them accountable in a way that if you didn't know better and you heard that, you'd be very surprised in terms of those exchanges between Kubiak and the players. But great dude. I think excellent coach as well. And I'll tell you what, in front of a crowd, he's amazing. Now, press conferences, I'm not including press conferences in this statement. When you get him at a dinner or something like that, he was at the John McClain retirement dinner here in Houston, brought the house down. I wasn't surprised. I've seen him do it before at big kickoff lunches and things like that. I'm sure that's been your experience as well. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, he's just a quality guy. I mean, Gary's Gary is uh, he's down to earth. Um you know, he he doesn't strike me. I've been around a lot of NFL coaches, head coaches. You have as well. I mean, there's a certain amount of ego involved. Uh, and I'm sure Gary has an ego, but he manages his ego very, very well. He's self-deprecating. He's humble. Um, you know, played nine years in the league and never talks about that. So I, I just have high respect for Gary Kubiak. Dave, thanks so much for the time, as always. I really appreciate the visit. Great catching up. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday.
Sounds good, Mark. Always great to catch up with you. There's Dave Logan, voice of the Denver Broncos. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Check out all the other ones wherever you got this one. And remember, ticket information is available probably on this app or close to it. So click, find, and come to the next home game, October 2nd against the L.A. Chargers. Have a great day, everyone. Go Texans.